Hey friends, welcome to the Gutsy Faith Podcast. My name is Gary. And my name is Carla, and we are so excited that you're joining us today. Think about us as your personal faith coaches. Maybe you're strong in your faith, or maybe you don't even really know what faith is. We'll walk with you through how to discover your faith, how to grow your faith, and how to live a life of gutsy faith. That's right. And now is your time to go deeper and live braver. Let's check out today's episode. Hi, friends. Welcome to the show. Welcome back. Gare, I'm feeling some type of way today. I'm ready to go. <laughs> you're, you're feeling what? <laughs> some what? <laughs> I'm feeling some type of way. Some type of way. Oh, my goodness sakes. Okay. I That's thought, what all the kids are saying I nowadays. thought it was like feng shui or something. <laughs> I didn't know what you were doing. Some type of way. Okay. I like feng that. feng shui, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, <laughs> man. All right, friends. We really are going to talk about the Bible right now. So, wow. Welcome to Gutsy Faith. We're so glad you're here, friends. Thanks so much for joining us. And we've got a great episode today. I'm really, I say this every, yeah, I every know. episode. We say it all the time. I'm always but it's true. excited about it. But I think I'm especially excited about this episode, Carla, because last, um, last show, we dropped an episode about what's happening at Asbury, the, the, the revival that mm-hmm. people are sensing and feeling and has really caused the whole country to sit up and take note. And this week, we're we're really talking deeper about a Bible story that's very unstudied. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've never, I don't think I've ever heard a single message on it. I haven't either. Have you? I know I have not for sure. Yeah, you know, and and we're going to be looking at an element of this where it's really about being aware of your times the time that you live in and having your eyes on those times and knowing how to be relevant, how to be impactful and how to make a difference in that time frame, Mm. you know, and understand that time frame. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, Carla, I think if you ask anybody today, you know, about the times we're living in, if you said, so what do you think about like this time in history, you know, well, some people are clueless. They're just, they only (laughs) care about their house, their belongings, their themselves, you know, their world. But I think, you know, others are hyper-concerned and see doom, you know, everywhere that they look. Oh my goodness, where, Mm -hmm. well, everything's, the sky is falling, right? you know. But what's the right stand to take in this, what they're now calling a post-Judeo-Christian society? It's no longer Mm -hmm. a society based on Judeo, which means Jewish Mm -hmm. and Christian principles and and the standard of morality, the Ten Commandments and which was kind of the norm. The golden rule. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Now you know, historians are saying we're living in a post Judeo Christian society. So what, you know, what do we make of that? What do we make Mm -hmm. of the gospel and the impact and understanding the times that we live in and how to handle that? That's so good. And how do we, you know, not compromise with truth? How do we speak truth, but in love? And really, to your point, be aware and understand the times that we're in and how we should act as Christians and believers. Exactly. What that looks like practically. Right. So hold on, friends. We are going to go deep into this in the Bible. I'm so excited about it. Honestly, you know, we love the Bible so much, so (laughs) it's fun for us to get to go deep. So friends, we're going to start off by looking at 
this is this is fun to teach on, but most people that I've ever spoke to have never heard of this. So mm-hmm. get ready if you're taking notes or whatever you're doing, make a mental note, write a physical note. There is a particular kind of anointing that's called the Issachar anointing, the Issachar anointing. Mm-hmm. And it can be found in First Chronicles 12, verse 32. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, certainly no, we read everything out loud for you. So don't worry about it. But First Chronicles 12, verse 32 says this. Um, it says, and I'm going to read it and then explain kind of what this gathering was and why this came out. It says, the sons of Issachar were men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do. Now, Mm. what in the world does that mean? This happened in a time when David was now king. He was was ruling over the kingdom. You know, he went through a long prelude to that with Saul and everything he went through before being, you know, he was anointed king, but before crowned king Mm -hmm. was a long period of time. So this is when he's gathered a lot of supporters together in Hebron, and they are all there for a purpose, which is to serve the king and the kingdom. And it's interesting because as the tribes are being named and the thousands of yeah. you know men that are are in particular associated with particular tribes, you get to Issachar, who by the way, um, these were sons of Jacob and Leah, by the way. And Issachar means his reward will come. That name means his reward will come in Hebrew. So we've got the men of Issachar, and the way they're described is so interesting, Carla, and this is so important. fascinating. They understood the times they lived in. Yeah. And they had knowledge of what to do. Mm. You know, Gary, what that tells me is you can have knowledge and not have understanding. Yeah. But these men had both knowledge and understanding of the times that they lived in and of what they should do in those times. You know, one author actually describes understanding the times as being able to move boldly towards opportunity. These men were able to understand what the people needed, where they were at emotionally, spiritually, physically. They had the foresight and the discernment to actually understand this in really a supernatural way. Right. Right. And that's why we're calling this an anointing. And many authors talk about it as an anointing. It's a special gift that that I think we should ask God for, yes. especially in the time frame that we live in today. Yes, you know yes. what Gutsy Faith, even the name Gutsy Faith came from wanting to live courageously in our faith. Friends, we're not here to hoard faith. Yeah. We're not here to just make our nest, our little Christian nest, so perfect <laughs> to live in. We're here to understand how to have the guts to take this out, it takes grit, it takes stamina, it takes courage. And the Issachar anointing is all about asking God to be anointed Mm. to understand our times. And not just, like you said, understand knowledge is is limited without understanding. You've got to have the the understanding, you know, to supplement the knowledge. Otherwise, you'll you'll know stuff. A lot of people know stuff. Mm. It doesn't mean they're able to do stuff for the kingdom. You yes. know, you can know stuff and not know what to do. That's you right. Know? And Garrett, I just got to say, since I studied this a little bit in, in school when I went back for a master's degree, and I know recently you and I have done some teachings and studies on this, and 
I got to say, I have changed the way that I pray. Something that I've prayed for a long time, which I didn't even really realize it, but I've prayed, Lord, make me a master of discernment. Mm -hmm. Give me the ability to discern the times to discern what course of action I should take in decisions, in relationships, with opportunities. And, you know, friends, this is really bringing this, I know this scripture in First Chronicles is in the Old Testament, but bringing this back into the New Testament, Jesus says in John 16, 13, that when the Holy Spirit comes, the Spirit of truth, He will guide us and lead us into all truth. That is a truth and understanding of what to do. It's a mm-hmm. truth of being able to discern situations and and courses of action. And that's really what this Issachar anointing is. It's this ability to understand, not just have knowledge, but really have an understanding right. of how to move forward. And we want this to be relevant to us today. Friends, we are, we are praying today, and we're going to look at a particular woman in scripture that, oh man, she just nailed it with the Issachar anointing and understanding her times and how it impacted the whole history mm-hmm. of the country of Israel, the nation of Israel. But I want to say this, Carla, last episode, we talked about what's happening with the revival, you know, mm-hmm. in Kentucky, the Asbury, as they're calling it, the Asbury revival, the awakening, the presence of God really touching earth right now in such a time mm-hmm. as this. Now, it's important to move in the anointing of Issachar because if you don't understand the times you live in, you might not understand what to do with this. Mm-hmm. We have to realize that the times we've been living in, we're post-COVID. We've we've come through a traumatic a few years, uh, you know, as a country, not only yeah. with, you know, the pandemic, but but politically, everyone fighting each other, yeah. you know, racial tensions. And there's there's so trauma much. after trauma. Look at when God really visits the earth, which happens periodically. I mean, He's always present, yeah. but periodically. But manifest presence. Yes. You know, every several decades, we'll, we'll have a movement of God, a, a true awakening where He shows Himself to be so real. And I believe, as many of us all do, you and I both believe, we're in that now, but we have to be aware of our times. Yeah. And we Good. mentioned it on the last show that one of the men interviewed at the Asbury Revival mm-hmm. said, you know, the devil's not even trying to hide anymore. Mm-hmm. He's just right up front flagrant. And as we mentioned, even celebrated, you know, some of his schemes and tactics yeah. and ways that have infiltrated are, are truly even celebrated. So we understand that these are the times we're living in now. That's great. And we're not standing here wringing our hands like, what are we going to do? We know what to we do. Know. Yeah. We're going to go deep with the Lord we on are. this. Yes. And you know, Gary, this isn't a part of the story that we're reading today, but as you were talking, I just started even thinking about what Mordecai said to Esther you know, when she's about to go and save the entire Jewish people, he says, who knows, perhaps you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I believe Mordecai operated in that Issachar anointing. He had an understanding that Esther was born for such a time as this. And there was a mission, a mandate that she was supposed to operate in, in that time. And we see, as we're going to read today in this passage of Scripture in Second Kings, um, there was another another man that began to operate in that as well. Yeah, he did, and it's funny because he was really coached 
and spoken over prophetically by a woman named Huldah. Huldah, H-U-L-D-A-H. I love those unknown chicks in the Bible. They are my favorite. Yeah, I know I'm not pronouncing it right. Please forgive me, my Jewish (laughs) friends here, you know. But if you've got a Bible, please turn to 2 Kings chapter 22. We're going to be looking at, we're going to start with verses 11 through 13, but let's, let's set up some context here. You know, context is everything to understand what is happening in the times. So, Friends, this is a story about a king named Josiah, but Josiah has a messed up family tree, Oof. like many of us do. You know, Ooh, his Jerry Springer family. <laughs> his great grandfather was Hezekiah. If you remember in the book of Isaiah, Hezekiah is the king Isaiah had a great relationship with. And Hezekiah We've preached about him before on the show, yeah. We have, exactly. Hezekiah was a good king. So put him in the good category. <laughs> Then Josiah's grandfather, Manasseh, was a bad king. He was a bad king. But then his father, Amon, was a horrible king, like the worst ever. And this man was actually killed in his own palace by the people. Mm. Josiah was eight, eight years old when he became king. Now, the good thing is he had a great mother. You know, and she's noted by name. He had a great mother and obviously some good people that insulated him and taught him, yeah. you know, during his formative his formative years. But it, the scripture says in verse two, we're not going to read beyond that. He did right in the sight of the Lord and he walked in the way of his mm. father, David, nor did he turn to the right or to the left. That so was a I really big that. deal. It, it was a huge deal. Now, so what happens in these verses, 11 through 13, is that one day, now at this point, Josiah's an older, he's a young man at this point. One day, the high priest, Hilkiah, he found the book of the law in the temple. Now, it's funny that they refer it to refer to it as found it. Yeah. Where was it? Was it hiding? I mean, evidently, they were not reading it. They were not paying attention to it. That's a word for somebody. Maybe you need to find your Bible. <laughs> Oh, maybe it's hiding on a shelf. Seriously, it might be under your bed mm -hmm. or in a bedside table, whatever. Yeah. But it says that the high priest found the book of the law. This would be like finding the Bible. Mm -hmm. and, And he begins to have it read publicly. Now, let's talk about this. When we say found the book of the law, there's two schools of thoughts on this. It was either the book of Deuteronomy which is called the book of the law, or it was the first five books of the Bible, which Jews, Jewish brothers and sisters would call the Torah. It was the books that were written by Moses, mm-hmm. those five books, which they would have had in his time, yeah, in King Josiah's time. So whatever it was, it was read out loud. Mm-hmm. And let's read, this is where we're going to pick up verses 11 through 10. 11 through 13, excuse me. Let's read what happened there. Yeah, 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 11. It says this, When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his robes. He gave his orders to Hilkah, the priest, Akim, son of Shaphan, Achor, guys, these are great names, son of Micaiah, <laughs> Shaphan, the secretary, and Asa, the king's attendant. He said, go and inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all of Judah about what is written in this book that has been found. 
Great is the Lord anger that burns against us because of those who have gone before us. For they have not obeyed the words of this book. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written there concerning us. Mm. Oh, this is really powerful, Gear, because we see the king's response right. when he hears the word of God. You know, when we're encountered with truth, we always have an opportunity to respond. And here, this is probably the first time in Josiah's life that he is hearing like you said, it's either Deuteronomy or the Torah, the first five books of of the New of the Old Testament, which talks about how God's people are supposed to live. Right. It talks about you will have no other gods before me. It talks about how to live a blessed life, how to live in the blessing and the favor of God. And when he hears this, I think he's contrasting God's words with the reality of how the people are living. And he starts weeping. He tears his clothes. When you tear your clothes, in this time in history, it's a sign of repentance and humility and just being completely undone. Right. You know? Right. And and he says, Go, go and inquire, go find out what this, what this book is about, yeah. what God's saying to us. And it's interesting that the high priest specifically goes to one woman. And Gary, you mentioned her earlier, Holda. Her wisdom and her interpretation of the words in this book are so fascinating. And Gare, I know you you shared a little bit about this um, at another teaching that we did. But her husband kept the king's wardrobe, right? Yeah. She's a she's a prophet, and her husband actually works for the king. He's a wardrobe taking man. Taking care of his his clothes. Yeah. yeah. And so obviously, in this moment when the king tears his clothes, he's kind of in need of her husband, but he's also in need of the wisdom. Right. That Hulda has as right. a prophet of God. That's it. And, you know, when we think of Hulda, it, it is fascinating that she was the one chosen to really explain yeah. what was read in this book. And the king's undone. He's just so slain by what he's heard. He doesn't know what to, what to do with it. And they come to her. And, you know, Carla, we call these, if you're taking notes, we're going to give three points that you might want to write down. We We are calling these the traits of those able to speak to the times. So we're really just calling them times traits, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's a specific way that you can move in this Issachar anointing, friends. And the first one to write down is simply this. Hulda was bold, bordering on fearless. Mm. She was bold, bordering on fearless. You know, Carla, when God gives us truth— or even a new vision, or so it will eventually demand an action. Mm. It will demand an action. Perhaps she'd been waiting, you know, preparing and praying for a time to speak out on many issues. God brought her the time, and she knew that in this time she had to be bold. Mm. She was singled out. She brought a bold message. She didn't, yeah. you know, mamsy pamsy around it. She liked. She just, she knew what she was going to have to say was bold. Now, let me read, let me read how she described it because this is so good. This is verses 17 through 20. After she's been selected to come and explain the word that was read to Josiah and, you know, like we said, he's torn his robe, he's just a wreck. This is what it says in verse 17. Because they, the people, have forsaken me, 
and have burned incense to other gods that they might provoke me to anger with all the work of their hands. Therefore, my wrath burns against this place and it can't be quenched. But to the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, you shall say to him, thus says the Lord God of Israel, regarding the words which you have heard, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they should become a desolation and a curse. You've torn your clothes and wept before me. I truly have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, I will gather you to your fathers and you will be gathered to your grave in peace. Neither shall your eyes see all the evil which I will bring on this place. Mm. So they brought that word back to the king. All right. Now, what happens? We mentioned it. Huldah is a woman anointed with the Issachar anointing. She understands the times. It was evil times. You know, we always think it's worse now than it was then. It was just as evil then as it is now. Yeah. But she speaks with a boldness bordering on being fearless. She says, look, this is not going to go so well for the people. But for you, King Josiah, because you've been so humble in your approach and so touched by the words that I've spoken, it's going to go differently for you. Mm. It's going to be peaceful for you. Yeah. That's so good, Gear. I love that. She was so bold. Like you said, bordering on fearless. She was gutsy. And the second thing, if you're taking notes, friends, you can write this down. She didn't sugarcoat God's word. Right. She didn't sugarcoat it. You know, friends, there's a time for silence, but there's also a time to speak truth. Yeah. And Holda had an awareness. She had an understanding of the times and knew that it was time to speak truth. And you know, when we deliver truth, friends, we must do it with compassion. We must do it ultimately with humility in our hearts. And when we try to sugarcoat God's word, we actually end up robbing somebody of future blessing or true change or even revival and renewal. We're not going to go all the way into chapter 23, but we see this incredible renewal that happens in the people of God and in the church at the at the place of worship and in the in the society at that time. So, you know, yeah. as a leader, we must speak truth. We can't sugarcoat God's word. It it's truth. And the scripture says where the truth is, there's freedom. Right. You, you know, know, someone said something to me once, Carla, that has struck me so deeply. They said that sometimes in our niceness and our compassion, we rob people of further depth and growth in the Lord. We rob them. And you know, you and I are both. You're hitting me, Gare, right now. You you and I, girl, we have that that desire to to make everybody feel so happy and so good and just— I like sugar. We like (laughs) for people to feel good about themselves and the situations. And, you know, I know the times that I have had to say hard things— to some people, you know, it's it's been rough. It's, hard, it, yeah. it's 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 not what I like to do. It's not my nature to do it. But yeah. according to what what we know in Scripture, you know, Jesus told the truth. Yeah, he did. You know, it he takes said, guts to speak truth in love, but truth. He said to the woman at the well, like, "Yeah, I know you don't have a husband. 
you've had five, you know, you, and the guy mm. you're living with now is just, you're shacking up. Like he went yeah. straight to for what he knew was truth in her life. Now he didn't think, well, it might hurt her feelings. Let me see how I can say this really sensitive, you know, to not yeah. making her feel shame from her background. And, you know, we can just overthink yeah, everything. What I love about Hulda is she just went in, mm-hmm. you know, and she said, look, this, this is the state of the people right now. But you, King, because of your heart, because of your humility, you're going to see a different outcome in yeah. your life. Now, what's fascinating about it, and this is the third point that we're that we're asking you to write, she offered hope and renewal. Carla, God is a God of hope. It yes. says that in scripture, that God is a God of hope. It says it in the book of Romans. He never speaks truth and leaves us to deal with it in shambles. You know, I mean, if he is speaking something, he's going to lift us up and empower us to change and move forward. Now, what he did in Josiah's life, which is absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. If we had time on the show, we would read the I following know, chapters. It's incredible. Listen, read it for yourselves, friends. It's this so good. King, this king pulls down all the high places. He does away with sacrifices mm-hmm. and child sacrifices and burning sacrifices and and the female deities and the male deities. And he literally Clean changed house. the landscape of Israel. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he heard the book and there was a prophet, a woman that spoke truth to him that in whatever way, because she knew the signs of the times, it impacted him to take action. Mm-hmm. And Carla, you know, so good. we always love a good story. We always love. We do. You know, and you've got the best something ones that <laughs> that will bring some clarity to us. But I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something that happened. I'm gonna tell you, friends, something that happened about. Uh, th- I guess it was about well, just a few weeks ago. It yeah. happened in in January. Um, a small team. We were in Uganda, and we were doing an outreach um, for a, a, a massive amount of people, probably. I don't know, maybe 800, 900 people. I don't know exactly how many were there, but I would say several hundred in one of the village areas that we serve. And I told our team, hey, you know, during time of prayer, we have medical camps, we have prayer, we have, you know, discipleship workshops. They hear the gospel message. It's, we give out sugar and soap. It's very simple, Mm -hmm. but there are some moments that get very intense or can get intense. And I tried to have our team dialed up for the most part for what might happen. And mm-hmm. sometimes nothing happens and sometimes something happens. This time, a young girl had come for prayer, come to find out she was in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. But uh, she came for prayer and one of the men on our team started to pray for her and she fell to the ground. The reason she wanted prayer, she said she felt there was a demonic presence in her life. Fifth grader. Wow. So she fell to the ground and began rolling in, you know, what we would call a manifestation of, of, of demonic activity. Well, I was working in the medical camp. So some of our prayer team ran to get me because I told them, don't, don't try to enter into this yourself. Like there's, Mm -hmm. there's a certain authority and protocol. Of course, we all have the authority of Christ, but there's a certain authority in those regions that we need to pay attention to. So myself and two um, local pastors that are on our staff, we started to pray for this girl and we were dealing with 
demons. I mean, I'm just going to say it honestly. I don't yeah. mean to sound weird, uh, but this sure. is what we were dealing with. And it, she had the strength of probably two grown men. It took five of us mm-hmm. to be able to contain the scratching, the biting, the, you know, just the, it was yeah. so horrible. But she kept saying, there must be a sacrifice. There must be a sacrifice. And we found out that she was given to child sacrifice. She had slashes on her arms and her mother who was there said that she had been given over to a blood death sacrifice to a satanic um, witchcraft ring. Matter of fact, one of their relatives had just been buried three weeks prior. She was next. So we it took us two hours. It's never taken that long to really get to the bottom of this, but it was so intense and so rough. And finally, at the end, I just said, we're not negotiating with these demons yeah. anymore. We we spoke truth. We humbly, so beautifully and humbly came to the Lord tearfully as we were praying and praying and taking authority and said, Jesus, only in your strength can you release this girl. And after two hours, she was completely released. Mm-hmm. And we 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 just welcomed her, you know, back and welcomed her to a different life of, yeah. of freedom. Now, why do I bring this up? I bring this up to say, you know, today we tend to think that the days that King Josiah lived in are not real for us today. He was pulling down rings of child sacrifice. He was pulling down evil that was so flagrant and real. Mm -hmm. But as we mentioned earlier at the top of the show, you know, the devil's not hiding so much anymore. It's very flagrant. It's very, you know, in our face in America right now. Yeah. And we always we set say up that. idols in our society left oh, and right. It's everywhere. There's child sacrifice everywhere we look. I mm-hmm. mean, just think about, you know, the abortion clinics or whatever. You mm-hmm. know, we're not political, but I'm saying these are things that are real in our day, mm-hmm. in our day and time. And so, you know, when I experience things like this, I think so often about a king like Josiah that was coming against it head on. But listen, friends, you know, we try to make this real for all of us today. We need to pray for this anointing yeah, to be able to be aware. Had I not been aware of the times and really kind of trained up a team and been aware of myself, you know, I had local pastors there pray for even my authority in prayer. I wouldn't just go up in there and think I have authority in a whole different region of the world to command things left and right. I humbly have asked pastors to speak over me and pray over me, and I do that in unison with Mm -hmm. them. Um, But to see the power of God move and to see it break the evil. Yeah. And this is what Hulda had the guts to do. She just spoke truth. She said, look, there's so much that's happening in our times right now, but you, King Josiah, have a different spirit. Yeah. You will you will come mm. out with peace. And look at what it did in his life. Yeah. I mean, he and had the, the lives of so many people. Yes. You know, that's he had the, the courage thing. to change the landscape of the land from that. Yes. Yes. When you operate in the Issachar anointing, it doesn't just impact you, it impacts everybody around you. And friends, we need to be praying for this Issachar anointing. We need it for our families, for our businesses, for our ministries, for our churches, for the, the time that we live in. Gara, I love, we've talked about this on the show before, but this this prayer model that we've talked a lot about is, Jesus, what do you want me to know? And what do you want me to do? That's right. And He answers every time. It's so simple. It's so simple. But that is, when we pray that, 
and we begin to operate in the Issachar anointing, it changes everything. Oh, that's so good. And you know, it, that's the thing, friends. This is not complicated. Right. It's, it's simple. It's simple. You know, what do we need to know? What do we need to do? Yeah. Show us our times. It, they're flagrant, but you know what the great thing about Hulda? She wasn't afraid of the times. Mm. She was aware of the times, she but she afraid. wasn't afraid of the times. Yeah. And let's live like that. That's yeah. gutsy faith. That's it. Let's know the times, but not be afraid of them, right? Because we know the one right. that rules times and seasons, <laughs> Jesus Christ, yes. our Lord and Savior. He's in charge, Come on. and He's the one we praise. So, mm, friends, we so just good. leave you with that today. Yeah. This may be a new concept, this whole Issachar anointing. I think it's fabulous. I'm really excited <laughs> about it. And Me too. Let's— Ask God mm -hmm. to let us move in this anointing Amen. for His glory, for yeah. His kingdom, for this day. Yes. Amen. Amen. Friends, we love you so much. Thanks for tuning in today. Hey, if this message was an encouragement to you, share it with a friend, leave a rating, leave a review. We love you guys so much. Thanks for being a part of this community. We will see you guys next time. Bye, friends. Bye. Well, that's it for today. We'll see you next time. Don't forget to catch the latest episodes every other Tuesday on your favorite platform. Absolutely. And if you were encouraged by today's episode, we would love for you to rate, review, and subscribe to the Gutsy Faith Podcast on whatever platform you're listening from. You can also keep up with us on our Facebook and Instagram pages at Gutsy Faith and on Twitter at Gutsy underscore Faith. You can also get connected to the Gutsy Faith Show, now available on our YouTube channel. Wow, so exciting. Be sure to share this episode with a friend and stay connected with us on our website, gutsyfaith.com. We love you and we're cheering you wildly. Remember, this week, go, go deeper, deeper and live, live braver. braver. We'll see you next time.